Welcome back to the Goal Line Stand Off Football All the Time. This is our summer special series, the Players Only Mount Rushmore AFC East Edition. I am Michael Lipinski, joined as always by Brett Halpern. And Brett, before we get started, we got to thank Michael's Glass Company, 215-338-3293, and DePaul's Table, 7 East Lancaster Avenue in Ardmore, part of the main line for all of their support, as well as Sports Talk Philly, sportstalkphilly.com. We are wrapping up the AFC with the AFC East, and this one was a loaded division. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's loaded and it's also different eras, which is interesting. I mean, the, each of these teams had like their runs, but at different times, which is also kind of makes it more interesting. It does make it interesting, and it, there's teams that kind of have kind of different – Weird, like all right. Well, I I got Buffalo to start. They had a bunch of different iterations, so to speak, of where they could be great and where maybe not so much so. But it definitely made it interesting. And the Jets as well. The Jets were Buffalo, and the Jets were my two. I feel for you with New England because I, I mean that's easy and tough all at once. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun exercise. Like you said, it's. It forces you to go back, forces you to reconsider history and, and, and how that, you know, what it means. And, yeah, it, I, I really am enjoying this. So let's kick it off. Again, players only, no coaches, no executives, none of that, no water boys. We're going to start off with Brett's Buffalo Bills. And this one, I thought I was going will, to – I will say that I left a certain individual off of the list. Because if you allegedly commit murder, I, I just can't I can't put you on there. I'm sorry. I don't care. So OJ didn't make my cut. Okay. No, no pun intended. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at that. No. So uh, all of my guys for the Buffalo Bills come from the same era. Yeah. Which is interesting, I, I think. So number one, Andre Reed. Number two, Thurman Thomas. Number three, one of the greatest defensive ends of all time, not as good as Reggie White, no matter what anyone will tell you, Mr. Bruce Smith. And then we have Jim Kelly. Now, I I, I, I could have taken – Andre Reid could have come off and I could have put on OJ, mm-hmm. but OJ killed his wife, allegedly. I can't do it. I can't put a murderer on there. I'm sorry. You know, a court of law did it. He, he, he had faced trial and he was acquitted. He wrote a book. Said if I did it. I know. I'm just alleging. That's why I said allegedly. Uh, you know, other guys that were on there, Jack Kemp, Steve Tasker. To me, yeah. like to me, if there's someone that embodies Bill's mafia, it could be Steve Tasker. Yeah, he was kind of a psycho on that. Yeah, like that's, I mean, I love Steve Tasker, should be a Hall of Famer for yeah. his exploits as a special teamer. But to me, they, the Bills are just, other than O.J. Simpson, are that one era of, let's call it, what, 83 through 95? Yeah, probably. Well, so Bruce Smith got there in 85. I think they, right. weren't, they weren't really good till the late. It was like 88 till 95, 96. Right. But they were all starting to filter in at some point. In yeah, there, yeah. And, and they're the guys. They're, they're, my, they're my four. Yeah, because like the AFL version, you have OJ, 
there, I think there's like maybe one or two other Hall of Famer. There was an offensive lineman, but yeah, I mean, look, that team went to four straight Super Bowls. Exactly. I mean, yeah, they lost all four, but it doesn't matter. That is such an impressive feat. And there's a reason they did it because those four Hall of Famers right there. So, actually, and Andre Reid, if you look at his numbers, they definitely hold up. Well, I, thought I was originally wasn't going to put him on. It was going to be OJ. And then I went a deeper dive into Andre Reid's numbers. And, yeah, it, it, they were known for kind of passing the ball all over the place. But at the same time, you had Thurman Thomas. So yeah. there was they were such a good team. It's a shame, it's a shame they never won. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got to say, with respect to OJ's numbers, minus the 2,000-yard season, I don't really think the numbers hold up that well as compared with other all-time great running backs. We could save that for another series or whatever. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, to me, that is like the biggest thing. Obviously, he was the first guy to do it and did it in a 14-game season. But other than that season, if you look at his numbers, they're not that awe-inspiring. I would so, agree. Yeah, he's not, That's why he's not on there. You're much more eloquently putting it than I did. That's okay. I didn't put him on there because he's an alleged murderer. Yeah, so you know. And either way, I highly recommend uh, the OJ Made in America series, as well as the Fox TV show, uh, The People versus OJ Simpson. I tend to watch both of them like once every year. So, very interesting stuff. Although Cuba Gooding Jr. does a decent job at OJ, he was too small, too short. Yeah, he's too small. Yeah. He doesn't have a big enough head. OJ has a huge head. He's very inflated head. Huge head. Like that is just a big cranium. So you had the Dolphins. I did. Yes. Okay. Um, Miami Dolphins. This one, you know, um, I think number one is pretty obvious to most people. Dan Marino. Number two of the their first great era. Uh, the quarterback that led them, Bob Greasy. Then the running back of that era, Larry Zonka. I got to tell you, this fourth pick, um, this was the most difficult one. Because to me, there is one player who is clearly better than everyone else. But I also feel like he is not as well known. And that there's that Mount Rushmore issue, which is why I put Paul Warfield, who was known as one of the best wide receivers of the time during that early era of Dolphins' success. The guy I was thinking of was Leonard Little, who actually, if you, I mean, if you look statistically, Leonard Little, I think, is tied for the lead with all pros, all pro appearances or selections for the Dolphins with five and also made five Pro Bowls, whereas um, Paul Warfield, I think, is like two all pros and five Pro Bowls. But to me, it just he he's far more known to the public. And I think just the notoriety aspect is why for me I have him on the Mount Rushmore. I like that one. That is a good pick. So then the other two I kind of struggled with were um Zach Thomas, who I've kind of been I feel like lately I've been pounding the, the door, the table for. I think he should have made the Hall of Fame. And then the other one is Jason Taylor. Um, you know, just an, a, probably a guy who's going to end up making the Hall. Well, no way. He didn't make it this year. 
Or am I getting that? Yeah, no, I think he did. Yeah. And, you know, then I was thinking, like, all right, who are, like, just dolphins that people know? I I looked into Nick Bonacani, not quite, just not enough. Um, You know, then there's a bunch of, like, offensive line, other offensive linemen, Bob Kuchenberg, Dwight Stevenson, who's one of the best centers of all time. Uh, Then there was Richmond Webb from the 80s. You know, the, the other ones, you, I, you know, like everyone will always name Mark Duper, who I don't know you think made it to a Pro Bowl or maybe one in 84 or 85. So, yeah, so that was – those are my Miami Dolphins. Uh, Marino, Greasy, Warfield, Zonka, even though Zonka technically also was part of one of the shittiest plays of all time. Uh, you didn't put Snowflake on there. I was thinking about Snowflake as well as Roger Pedactor, but Pedactor would have made it if it was not, you know, if it wasn't just players only. There's no way Ray Finkel makes it, though. Ray Finkel, no chance. Ray Finkel, no chance. No. Uh, Let's move on to the New England Patriots and G's. I mean, all right. I'm going to give you the roster from the last 20 years. Pick a guy or two or four. So, I think as you alluded to, it's both easy and difficult. Obviously, the easiest pick in the world is their quarterback, or their former quarterback, excuse me, Tom Brady, who I also have on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Mount Rushmore, rather controversially, nevertheless. Um, My second guy is actually from a previous era, and he was considered the greatest guard of all time, and it's John Hanna. Um, to me, I, I, he was so good, represented some good teams, got to the Super Bowl, had to put him in. Then it's, okay, you have all these other really good players from the six Super Bowl wins, the, uh, I guess, nine Super Bowl appearances of the Patriots under the Belichick era, right? And to me... The first one, the guy who I think is a clear-cut Hall of Famer once he decides to fully retire is Rob Gronkowski. Just that he really is that special of a tight end. Um, whether it was pass catching, a dominant blocker, really, a, he is the 21st century Mark Bavaro. A little bit different in the way they behaved, but nevertheless, style of player. Then I was like, you know, all right, look. Actually, if you think about it, Bill Belichick is known for his defense. So I'm like, there were a bunch of really good borderline Hall of Fame defensive players who played in different, you know, different pockets of these runs. You know, you had the first three Super Bowl wins. Some of them were like a part of the first three and then a few of the losses. Some of them were part of the last three and the loss to the Eagles. And to me, when you think about all those defensive players and the guys who made big plays, I think of Ty Law. I think of Ty Law dominating Peyton Manning and just literally like shutting down the Colts offense in the shitty weather, whether the divisional playoffs, the conference championship game. Ty Law was kind of the guy who was the the tone setter for the first Super Bowl win against the Rams. So to me, I had Ty Law. Um, just missing it. See, this is why it was difficult. To me, there is actually a defensive player who played in a previous era who's better. 
Andre Tippett. That's like, I think he was tremendous. Also, by the way, a New Jersey guy. But again, he got to a Super Bowl and that was it. How can you not look at so it was, but in them, in terms of the defensive players under the Belichick era, to me, it was, was, is it Ty Law, Vince Wilfork, or Richard Seymour, or Teddy Bruschi, Mike Vrabel? I just, I went with Ty Law. And I didn't, I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even think about Adam Vinatieri. Oh, I, well, yeah, no, I wasn't even going that route either. Uh, fair enough, but you, uh, you mentioned a bunch. You, know, you could have insert any other guy there, Vrabel, Bruschi, uh, Seymour, and I wouldn't argue it. You know, which, you know which other guy I thought of who I thought personified what Bill Belichick Patriot football was? Troy Brown. So it's interesting because I told you that I – did this as well. I yeah. did it for all the teams. So I have my Mount Rushmore for the Patriots. Uh, Ty Law, mm-hmm. Teddy Bruschi, because I think he's the, the working man and the working man linebacker. Yeah. Obviously, Tom Brady. Yeah. And, and Troy Brown, because yeah. Troy Brown was the guy, did whatever needed to be done on and, either and side that, of the ball. Right. Iron Man football, actually. Yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, when you, Bill Belichick, you know, just do your job. That's who I think of. Troy Brown, yeah. just do your job. Now, that's not to say he's one of the greatest, but of this era, he personifies yeah. Belichickian football. Him. And then I thought actually another guy later on would be like a Matthew Slater who became, he became the, the special team star. Look, you could actually, I guess, make an argument for Devin McCourty. That, you know, completely out there's, of the realm. There's a ton. Of, there's so many people. There's just it a lot. Really yeah. Yeah. It's, it was really tough to me. I just thought one of the defensive guys that got it going was Ty Law. That's why. And then again, going back to Andre Tippett, was just so damn good. That was a tough one to, to leave him off. So. There you I have. agree. That's tough. Uh, let's move on to the Jets. We're going to wrap up the AFC East and the AFC with the Jets. I think a couple here were pretty obvious, and the Jets aren't what they are without Don Maynard and Joe Namath. So they are the, you know, they're, they're the the upset Jets. They're Super Bowl three Jets. That early Jets team that essentially changes the course of history, so to speak. They're the AFL team that comes in and defeats the NFL Colts. It changed the whole equation when the leagues were getting ready to merge because there was always that impression that the AFL was subpar to the NFL. Well, Namath and and these guys, they come in, Maynard, they changed the equation. They changed it. And Maynard is one of the top – he's a top receiver in New York Jets history. Oh, oh, in NFL history. Yeah. So, like, it's hard, obviously, to – not put those two on there. Yeah. Now, here's where I was starting to have a little bit of trouble. I went with Curtis Martin. Uh, whenever I think of the Jets of the, the more recently and a, a workhorse guy, and maybe it's because I, I like Parcells and Parcells liked him. You know, Curtis Martin was a guy who ran the league there for what a good six, seven years. It was during those runs where the Jets just couldn't get over the hump. In the late '80s, I guess it a little bled a little bit into the early two. Uh, excuse me, late '90s, mm-hmm. mid to late '90s, and early 2000s. This one was tough. Number four, Glenn Foley. 
Yes, it was Glenn Foley. You were exactly <laughs> correct, especially after he told me I was going to be the official that blew my hamstring when he, you know, he was picking on me. The Jets are were tough because this is tough here because I immediately went to the sack machine, right, or sack exchange, yeah. and my problem was: do I pick Joe Klecko? Do I pick Mark Gastineau? Do Mark Gasno and Joe Klecko cancel each other out? Because they're both not going on there. I can't pick one or the other. In my mind, they canceled each other out. I was thinking Jets. Why? All right, who else is there? I love Wayne Corbett. I was a Wayne Corbett guy. I don't know why. Little guy running around catching the football. Altoon, Kevin Mawai. I mean, one of, an all-time great. Darrell Revis changed the way that cornerbacks were played. Probably forever now, just the way he played the game. You can't play the game the same way he played the game. Because of what he did, rules changed. And this is within the past, what, 15 years? He yeah. stopped playing, he stopped playing in, I think, 2010-ish. You know, that changed it. Revis Island. And it's a modern, he's the modern player. He's the modern, he was the what you wanted your cornerback to be. Until the NFL said he's too good, we can't have that anymore. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a good one because he is the clear cut for three years, the best player in the NFL at that position. And I mean, you could say it more confidently about him than almost any other guy we mentioned today, except for maybe Tom Brady or John Hanna. So. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like, the the, the, the it's it's tough. The sack exchange guys, um, that's probably where it's tough because they cancel each other out. Gastineau put up the gaudier numbers, but Klecko made All Pro at several different positions. So Klecko, and you have Marty Lyons too. Yeah, and to to me, Kleck, so Gastineau is the Ric Flair to Klecko's. Arn Anderson. Anderson. And if you, I think if you ask a lot of people, and maybe this is just, uh, you know, Klecko's are obviously he's a temple guy. You know, you, you know, the legend in the Philadelphia area where we're from, you hear what, how great he was. And maybe that was skewing me a little bit. Like when I would think blue collar, when I think the Jets, and this is, maybe this is wrong, but to me, it's Queens. You know, we have this conversation all the time. Yeah. The Giants are Manhattan, right? The Jets are our queens. It's different. It's a different. It's different entities. Mm. And uh, Jets always came off as the more blue collar of the two. Maybe that's wrong, but from afar, that's how it was played. That's how I envision it played out. To me, it's Klecko over Gaston. But I, they do. They cancel each other out. It's hard. It, it, it's hard because one of them isn't a clear cut Hall of Famer, right? You're not you're you're not talking Reggie White. Yeah, well, with Castano, it's like you could have, but it stopped, it ended, and right. Klecko, and Klecko, it, it was like he was so good, but never in one spot. I I personally, but that because I have a personal affinity for Klecko and Marty Lyons for other reasons, I'd put those two guys in, but it, it's very tough. Yeah, and I mean the Jets, and then they, there were so many guys from the AFL Jets to the early NFL Jets that could have yeah. been on this list. But you take kind of 
even it out, make it a little bit fairer. Uh, but Darrell Rivas, I had forgotten how good he was until going back and look at this and saying, yeah. oh, yeah. Because there was a point where the Eagles won. You know, there was rumor Eagles were going to get him, but I think he was washed up by then. Yeah, well, remember, he hurt his knee, and he was never the same. But, I mean, it was literally the pinnacle of being the best. He was the way the way people treat Aaron Donald now for about three seasons, that was Darrell Rivas. Yeah, he almost didn't play in a game because you would avoid him at yeah, all costs. Absolutely. And that tells you a lot about the player that he is. Yeah, he was he was he was damn good. He was damn good. That wraps up our AFC Mount Rushmore. We will be back with the show next week. We will filter in some more NFC Mount Rushmore as we have to do the NFC North. Northwest West and East. And East, which we will finish up at the end, obviously, with the, the Eagles and the Giants and the team in Dallas and the one in Washington. Yes. On that note, I am Mike. That is Brett. We will catch you down the road.